1: You're listening to Mackie and Judd from the TCL Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. Now launching, start. Mackie and Judd. We'll see you. And it. 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 We get things rolling with the opening bell. Want to ring the bell? 33.
2: <laughs> He's taken down for a sack. Clark with the first sack of the night for the Seahawks. Here's fourth and goal. Cousins, to the end zone, batted away, incomplete.
3: First and goal,
1: Sprint right, looking over his
2: options, nearly lost his footing. He cannot take a sack, as we just talked about, and the ball goes into the hands of Hendricks.
1: It is an interception. What a wasted opportunity by Russell Wilson in Seattle. How do you go about fixing
4: the offense? Yeah,
5: that's a good question. Um, keep at it. Keep trying to find things that we're good at. Uh, you know, we had, didn't score very many points tonight. didn't score very many points last week. So, um, you know, part of it is being better on third downs. Uh, we haven't really done a good job there. Better, part of it's being better in the red zone. and you know, we had the ball on the two-yard line, didn't score. So, uh, you know, you keep doing things like that, you're not going to score many points. There was a couple that, uh, you know, we didn't execute well enough, and then there was a couple that probably could have called something better.
4: I don't think it was any one thing, a combination of uh, not converting third downs, um, Seahawks making plays, they had a great pass rush. And, um, you know, we had to just sustain drives. We didn't have a lot of explosive plays. Again, credit the Seahawks for limiting those. And when you don't have the explosive plays and, and uh, you're kind of marching methodically down the field, it was, it was hard for us to sustain. Third and three.
2: He's taken down for a second.
6: with the first
5: sack of the night for the Seahawks. Credit Seattle. I thought defensively they played very well tonight. Uh, They were aggressive and fast and uh, did a nice job not allowing us to um, maintain really much consistency on offense most of the night.
0: Ah, yes. Offensively for the Vikings didn't go well last night. It hasn't gone well of late. And as we speculated... Late into the night last night, as we went an hour and a half on Viking vent line, something had to be done, and the most obvious thing that had to be done, whether it was fair or not, was the dismissal of John Filippo as Vikings offensive coordinator, which came no surprise because Zim is as easy to read as any coach I've ever seen in my life, Manny mm-hmm. Hill. John DiFilippo was fired this morning. Uh, Kevin Stefanski, who I remember when he was the guy who uh, was Brad Childress' assistant monitoring the weather in Mankato so they'd know if they could practice indoors or outdoors. He's come a long way. He is now your interim offensive coordinator. And I want to start with this, though, because... I do believe that a change had to be made, and I believe that change had to be made for a variety of reasons at offensive coordinator, including the fact that your offensive line you're stuck with and your quarterback you're stuck with. Something had to change. You've got three games left, and this is not a season in which it's going to feel good to make the playoffs. This is a season in which you actually had expectations of going far beyond that. But I want to start with what this speaks volumes about. And I also want to basically try and properly articulate who this now puts a ton of pressure on. Because if you are... The Vikings are 6-6-1 with three games left. And if you're a 500 team playing out the string, John DeFilippo probably gets fired, but it comes in January. It comes... I I think they're going to fire Mike Pre for a special teams coordinator. And that's going to come in January. So this firing... I think illustrates just how much pressure certain people at the TCO Performance Center are feeling today.
3: Can and I guess as to who has the most pressure, or what you're going to say who has the most sure, pressure is? Sure, it's Mike Zimmer, right?
0: Uh, well, I do. I'm not starting with him. Okay, it's it's him too, but I'm starting with Rick Spielman. Oh, okay. Because two things. One is this all starts with a first guess, and that was the failure to address the offensive line Mm -hmm. in the draft or to do it correctly. You got cute. You thought you were being smart, but you failed to do what you should have done and what should have probably been a slam dunk. And so it starts there. And also don't forget, there is no question that Rick Spielman was at least involved in the decision to hire John D. Filippo. He was, he had to be involved in that hiring process to replace Pat Schirmer, who in 2017 did a fantastic job of calling plays for you and took the Giants job after the season. Number two on my list, and it's basically 1A1B, Mike Zimmer. And this is because it's twofold for me. One is, I don't get the act of that comes off, and I've been saying this for two weeks now. I'm in charge of defense, and I'm really frustrated by what the offense is doing. I don't get that act. I'll go back to what I said. A week ago, Monday, after the 24-10 loss to the Patriots, you're the head coach of this team. This is your baby. You're in charge of this entire thing. Yep. And so this whole thing of, well, I didn't like how we called plays here. In fact, let's go back to a very brief soundbite from Zim last night in Seattle after the loss. This is directly about play calling.
5: There was a couple that, uh, you know, we didn't execute well enough, and then there was a couple that probably could have called something better.
0: Okay, but that's on you. I the, yeah. the phrase should be, I could have. Not not my guy could have. So so, this whole notion that this is on, on flip, I understand that you didn't see eye to eye ultimately and that things didn't go as you, you would have liked. But Pat Shermer was a blessing to you. But to think that you can just get higher in OC and turn that person loose and not be responsible if something goes wrong, it's folly. You get paid as a head coach to be in charge of the entire thing. Now, the other thing is, this is the second time, Manny Hill, in three years, that we have had an offensive coordinator either fired, walked out, pushed out the door. Mm -hmm. Second time in three years. This is concerning. This is a problem. Yeah. Because when things go well for Zim, he is, and I will acknowledge this, and I hope people who hear me bashing him hear this as well. He is a hell of a defensive coach. Mm -hmm. He's really good at that. He's really good. And as a coordinator, defensively, he he would be fantastic. And if everything is running like clockwork, special teams and offense, Zim is fine because he can go back to his baby. He can coach defense. He's told how he has turned Holton Hill, a rookie undrafted free agent, into an incredibly viable cornerback this quick Mm -hmm. is a great story. Credit to Holton Hill for playing well. But we've seen plenty of draft pick cornerbacks come through this town and be utter disasters. Mm-hmm. Mike Zimmer, when it comes to the secondary, is a miracle worker. Yeah, yes he is. But he needs everything offensively and special teams to be working right or else he's
3: sort of lost. As such was the situation last year. Everything was going well. Correct.
0: And Pat Shermer. was... That was the
3: brilliance of Pat Shermer. And
0: Pat Shermer was great. Yep. Now, here's my real problem. And we did not question this at the time, and shame on us. But it's a question that needs to be asked, and the process through which D. Filippo was hired needs to be vetted very closely because of this. John D. Filippo was a longtime assistant coach, but as far as his experience in the National Football League goes, he was the coordinator for the 2015 Cleveland Browns team that went three and thirteen. Other than that, he's always been a position coach,
3: quarterbacks specifically, yeah. quarterbacks.
0: So, but what on earth then led Zimmer or Spielman or anyone? to say that this guy, Zimmer needs an offensive coordinator, and I know Norv didn't work either, and Norv is the flip side, but Zimmer clearly needs an offensive coordinator who has a very good idea of what he's doing. John DiFilippo was going to be somewhat, and we didn't know how much, we found out a lot, but John Filippo was going to be, Manny Hill, somewhat of a project coordinator for a while because he hadn't called plays in a long time. And and as much success as Nick Foles had after replacing Carson Wentz in the Eagles' run to the Super Bowl last year, John DiFilippo was the quarterback's coach. Frank Wright was the OC. He didn't call plays. Doug Peterson called plays. So Flip was number three on that list. So I'd be very curious to know what emboldened them to think that John was going to come in here and be great. And I fear it's this new thing of, well, he's a hot young coordinator. He's the hot young thing. The McVeighs of the world are rare. Just because you're young doesn't mean you're going to be effective. And then number three on my list, and this is the guy we've got to start to look at more and more, our buddy Kirk Cousins. Dude, you're making $28 million a year for three years. It's fully guaranteed. And last night, you played as if you were absolutely seeing ghosts. Your offensive line, I get it. They're not great. But there were times last night... When Kirk Cousins appeared to be playing scared. When Kirk Cousins appeared to be afraid to make a play. Kirk Cousins last night, 2 of 10 on third down. 0 of 2 on fourth down. The Vikings failed to score on four attempts inside the Seattle four-yard line in the fourth quarter when they were down 6 to nothing. Cousins, 1 of 7 for two yards and a sack on third and fourth down. Kirk. Here's the deal. I get that you need help. And your offensive coordinator should get you help. But you are being paid. You are eating up in a salary cap league. $28 million over three years. And you're not doing it because we expect you to be an okay quarterback. We're not doing it because we consistently think to ourselves, well, if you manage the game correctly, you'll be fine. With this defense, there are games where you can do that. But last night, you look at... The Vikings have lost three of the past four. They've lost in Soldier Field. They've lost in New England. And last night they lost in Seattle. And in all three of those games, they're playing good teams. But guess what? They're playing three teams that left the door open for you to win a game or two there. And the reason why you signed Kirk Cousins to a three-year, $84 million contract is not to ask him to win every one of those games. That's not going to happen. But it is to ask him to win two or three of those games and be able to do it in a confident and a consistent basis and the guy that we even saw in Philadelphia or heck in the Rams loss or certainly in week two in Green Bay in the tie game where he was brilliant late that guy is long gone and Kirk Cousins is going to need to absorb blame for this and if this is ever going to work Kirk Cousins needs to be a very different guy than the unconfident almost shaky quarterback that we saw on monday night
3: i have uh just in the last couple of minutes here i've been i've brought up several uh, wikipedia pages of different offensive coaches that are around the national football league right now including um john D. filippo who's now right now doesn't have a job but he's he's on this list i've got five guys that I would like to go go through when we come back from break here. And I I think when I go through the, um, the career timelines of all of these coaches you're going to notice one significant difference. So just keep that in mind when we go to break.
0: We'll do do that. And also, uh, Courtney Cronin, ESPN.com, who ordinarily is on the show at 5 o'clock on Tuesdays but has TV work, is also going uh, to join us next as well from uh, TCO Performance Center. Mike Zimmer not doing a press conference today but doing a 4 o'clock conference call. We talk to Cronin next as well as get that list of of, uh, coaches from Manny Hill. The show is Mackie and Judd. Mackie will join the show at 4 o'clock. We are in the TCL Broadcast Studios. Sit tight. The Mackie and Judd show will continue in a moment.
2: Do I have your word on that, sir?
1: Mackie and Judd. Absolutely. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. On 1500 ESPN.
3: All right, let's check traffic here in the TCL Broadcast Studios. One crash to tell you about right now, 494 Westbound. Uh, we've got a crash in Richfield between Portland Avenue and Nicolette Avenue. It's causing about a three-minute delay. Otherwise, everything else around the Metro moving uh, smoothly as it kind of normally is during this time of the day. Judd? How do you go about fixing the offense?
5: That's a good question. Um, keep at it. Keep trying to find things that we're good at. Uh You know, we didn't score very many points tonight, didn't score very many points last week. So, um, you know, part of it is being better on third downs. Uh, We haven't really done a good job there. Part of it's being better in the red zone. You know, we had the ball on two-yard line, didn't score. So, uh, you know, you keep doing things like that, you're not going to score many points.
0: That, of course, was Viking coach Mike Zimmer after uh, the Vikings lost last night to the Seahawks in Seattle. Early this morning, we found out John D. Filippo fired as Vikings offensive coordinator. Courtney Cronin, ESPN.com, joins us now. Uh, Courtney, I've got, and I'm sure you do as well, a lot of reaction to this move, but I would say one that we both don't have is surprise. You could see this coming for about two weeks.
7: Yes and no. And I I spoke about this on NFL Live earlier with several sources I spoke to close to the situation. There was, I guess, more indifference that you could see it happening, but you could also see it not happening And that, you know, had they been able to turn things around, uh, you know, in Seattle and come away with a win here, I don't think we're talking about this um, at any point right now. But it did feel, I get what you're saying, it did feel like the writing's been on the wall for quite some time that, you know, with the subtle jabs and the not-so-subtle jabs that Mike Zimmer has taken at his, off- his former offensive coordinator, John D. Filippo, that it was only a matter of time before they just couldn't work together anymore. Like, it's not a matter of, like, you know, personalities, and they hate each other, and they're, you know, going at each other's throats, um, that type of thing. It's They don't see that eye-to-eye football philosophy, and that's okay. That's Okay. And so that's why you saw today, uh, you know, Di Filippo before 11 a.m., uh, you know, going in for his weekly meeting with the head coach. I mean, he was told that he would not be returning. Uh, he has a two-year contract, so the Vikings are obviously obligated to pay him out, uh, that second year. And he's, you know, you know, I'm sure he's going to be looking at some point for another job. But, uh, the, the Vikings are on the hook financially for someone who lasted through 13 games. Yep. Um, this
0: season. So, according, how much is this now also a sign of, of the immediate pressure on Zimmer and this team? Because you know, with three games left, if you if you really thought that you were a six six and one team, you, you might fire them. But ordin, ordinarily, if you're not that good, you're going to wait until January to do so. How much is this an immediate sign of the pressure that this uh, this uh, coaching staff and GM is feeling as well? That it's not just going to be good enough to make the playoffs, but there's actual expectations of playoff success here as well.
7: Yeah, if they go, if they miss the playoffs here, I think that we're looking at a team that there are multiple bodies uh, that are still that are still there, a part of the domino effect, for lack of a better term. Uh, That Mike Zimmer, Rick Spielman. Uh, Mike Briefer, the, the entire staff would be on the hot seat, uh, if, if they can't get it turned around here in these next three games and make the playoffs. But even more so than that, Jonah, I think that, you know, going into this, going into the playoffs, which right now they are the 60 in the playoffs, that is probably where they will stay because the rest of the NFC North is not doing so well in terms of, you know, the Phillies, the, the Washingtons and, and the Carolinas. Um, really helping the Vikings' case here. But let's say they get that sixth seed and they don't win, which, I mean, would be an incredibly tough draw to win in Chicago in January after playing the Bears in back, you know, back-to-back weeks, uh, week 17. I still think that there's more more bodies or, you know, more coaches to be fired because I don't think that they can look at this. And, yes, Super Bowl or bust, I think it's a bunch of BS. It's, it's, not, a, it's not the right way to look at this thing with Kirk Cousins. But you're starting to feel the pressure of, hey, we underachieved. The quarterback said at points this season that they underachieved. Um, And and that's kind of the public-facing statement that they've got to do something because they're going to start feeling the heat from a very generous ownership that handed them $84 million uh, before tax to give to Kirk Cousins. And, you know, they really would have at that point little to show for it of what it actually could do.
3: Courtney, how did we even get to this point with this offense over the last 10 weeks because I I go back and I brought this up with Judd on Ventline last night. It, it's amazing like the 180 that this team has gone through where after the Rams game in week 4 I think it was, when they they lost that game and dropped to 1-2 and 1, after that game we were thinking, man, Kirk Cousins is he's just through for 400 yards on the road against the Rams. He kept them in this game and oh my God, what's going on with Mike Zimmer's defense? Because they just got shredded by Sean McVay. And now, fast forward 10 weeks later, and here we are, it's the complete opposite. It's like, well, the defense looks like they're fine, but now the offense is a complete mess. How did we get here?
7: I mean, we can go back to March, whatever day it was that Joe Berger retired. Like, this is a domino effect. There is blame to be spread Throughout this organization, from the front office, neglecting to address the offensive line this year and in previous years, only using you know very minimal first and second round picks on offensive linemen, um, you know since 2012. And um, so when Rick Spielman took over, you know they disbanded the triangle of trust or whatever the hell it was called. Authority, um, triangle, triangle authority, of authority. greatest secret yeah. line of all time. <laughs> I'm actually going to go with Triangle of Trust because I no it's trust. been one of those days, and I'm on like an hour of sleep. <laughs> and, um, All right. So there's that. I mean, Kirk Cousins was set up for failure in a lot of regards because the Vikings knew who they were getting when they signed him. They knew that they were getting somebody who needed everything around him to be perfect, and in terms of what that means for his protections, he needed to be protected. He's somebody who is not very good under duress, and, yeah, he does. He is completing, and I know the stats probably changed, but before week 14, he was completing 66.1% of his passes under pressure, which would be the highest of any quarterback in a decade. But look at it last night. Look at him sensing phantom pressure because the times he did sense pressure, he got smoked. Mm -hmm. And it it rattles his psyche. He's not somebody who can rise above that. So there's two dominoes that are stacked up next to each other. And then you have an offensive coordinator who – clearly did not you know, he and Mike Zimmer, from a football perspective, I just don't think we're on the same page. And you know, that is, you know, a recipe for disaster where, you know, you want you have a defensive coordinator excuse me, a, a defensive coordinator minded head coach who wants things one way and an offensive coordinator who wants to be innovative, wants to sling the ball around, wants to get the passing game going and, you know, doesn't really give you know for for lack of a better term doesn't really give a flip about the balance you're going to do what you're good at you're going to not go in every single game with the same sort of plan and you're going to attest for what you need to improve upon by utilizing your best personnel and i think there really was a uh, a bucking of heads internally just over the plan um you know mike zimmer in the last few weeks it, not, not been very shy about voicing how he actually feels about what's going on with the offense and I heard the clip you played from last night that, uh, you know, I don't know how you fix it. Yep. You know, and, and it's tough when, when you go two for eight, excuse me, two for 10 on third downs and those third downs that you convert where one was like a, you know, it was a quarterback sneak and the other was a run. You have eight dropbacks that Kirk's pressured and he can't complete a pass. And then fourth down, you're 0 for 2. And, you know, you can't punch it in from four different tries in the, uh, inside the Seattle four-yard line. I mean, it's been a combination of things that have been building for weeks, which is why this coming to a head going into week 15 uh, is not surprising. And this kind of move could very easily break this franchise because they're already in disarray from a lot of different respects. And this further points to that, that, you know, I, I think it might honestly be too little too late to get it turned around.
3: An offensive coordinator that doesn't give a flip. Was that pun totally intended, Courtney, or not? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so so here's my deep thought on Zim now, okay?
0: Shermer was perfect. I mean, it, it just worked out perfectly, and play-calling-wise, he was fantastic. But this is now the second time in three years that, that an O.C. has either been fired and or quit or sort of been pushed out, Courtney. And I keep coming back to this. If offensively and special teams-wise, things are going well, Mike is a great head coach because defensively, he is brilliant. I give him that. But how much do we need to be concerned and look at Mike? Because when things start to break down on sides of the ball that he doesn't necessarily um, understand as well or tolerate, people get scared. I mean, Kirk Cousins, to me last night, looked afraid to make a play. Flip's play calling, to me last night, was was a sign of a guy that second-guessed, and probably rightfully so, every play call. How concerned do we need to be that Mike almost needs per, perfect circumstances, special team-wise and offensively, in order to be a very good head coach?
7: Well, you know, truth be told, he's on his fifth offensive coordinator in three and a half seasons, not even, not even three full seasons. I mean, that to me is, um, that's a problem. Yep. And it's, it's, not just, it's not just, oh, you know, got, got jobs and, and it's great and everything's wonderful there's a reason North Turner doesn't really talk about what happened in Minnesota. Like, he's been asked about it since he got the Carolina job, um, and I know just from talking with people around the league, that's not something that he offers up all that often. He keeps that really close to the vest, and, you know, the way that he left here here uh, is before my time covering the beat, but in, in, you know, talking to people, just how much turmoil, you know, in the midst of that loss in Chicago and Zimmer's eight eye surgeries and, you know, the team starting out 5-0, and zero, and getting to an 8-8 eight and eight finish, it's, you know, that was not a good year. And Pat Shermer did an admirable job coming in, you know, co- coming in here and turning this thing around and working around, you know, an offensive line that certainly struggled last year. I mean, it's, it's incredibly worse this year. But, like, he was still able to get a lot of production out of Jarek McKinnon and Latavius Murray when Dalvin Cook goes down behind an offensive line that was predicated off of, you know outside zone action and, and getting to the second level and that's important we just haven't seen that translate here um and, and I do agree with you that it did almost at times I mean Kirk looked like a deer in headlights a lot of the night last night and he yep. even said hey you know maybe I should take a look at utilizing my athleticism to go through this you know to, to escape the pocket to if a play breaks down um you know not you know Not, you know, not uh, just throwing it away immediately. I mean, he caught it several times. He was chasing the sideline. But he also, in that same breath, said, hey, coordinators are going to want you, the guys who develop the plays, the guys who know know it works, they're going to want you to, you know, they're going to want you to, you know, stick with it. And I think that there might have been some, you know, some divide there too because the execution, and I'll say this again, I got destroyed on Twitter about this last night. Kirk throwing to Latavius Murray behind him when Adam Thielen is 20 yards downfield because he's seeing ghosts. And Kirk not throwing to Adam Thielen, who's open in the corner of the end zone, and instead throwing to the back of the end zone in the, to Kyle Rudolph, who on, you know, fourth and one, uh, the last, last chance you have to score is in double coverage. Kirk not seeing those things. That's on Kirk Cousins, the $84 million quarterback that you paid to bring here. It is not on John D. Filippo or any offensive play calling. His reads were there. He didn't yeah. go through them. And it's as we said, bringing this back, hitting, hitting myself with a hammer in the head because I feel like I've said this ad nauseum this year. The domino effect created by, and the cost and effect analysis, rather, be created by the offensive line and Kirk Cousins has sparked this entire thing. And really, John DiFilippo was the fall guy for it.
0: So postgame, uh, was your sense that players were more frustrated with the quarterback or the play calling?
7: You know, uh, I asked Stephon Diggs about it kind of point-blank. Um, he, he spoke with us after Adam Thielen, who, you know, you saw Field Mike picked him up saying something. I, I couldn't really discern it, but uh, i had seen it on social media that he looked pretty irritated. About, play, like, you know, that, it had been there all night, yes. right? Is there something all bleep like that? and night.
0: That's exactly all what he said. And all bleep night. All night. That play was there.
7: So so there's that, and then I asked Stephon Diggs, you know, point-blank, you know, is it frustrating? You're wide open a lot of times, and you're not getting the ball. And he's like, look. There's other guys working on this offense trying to get open, too. And I think you have to take that into account that, you know, these guys know that Kirk's their quarterback for for the indefinite future. Like, and a lot of it's not on him. If you don't have time to see downfield because your eyes are staring down at the rush uh, because of your offensive line, that's just a circumstance you have to deal with. But it is interesting, you know, when, when you look at Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen and why their production is, you know, diminished considerably, since, uh, you know, week eight, really, you know, since that Saints game. Uh, I asked Cousins about that last night. He said, you know, the only real thing he can tell is, you know, there are certain third downs uh, that they were in double cover, like truly double covered. Um, They're not going to do that for you on a third and three, but on third and 12 they probably are. Um, so that, to me, shows you that, like, they're getting – they're making Kirk's job a lot more difficult now, defenses, that is, because they're taking away his best playmakers. And those two early on served as a security blanket for Cousins as he was navigating through this whole thing behind an offensive line that's shaky at best. So they're really – and we don't have a run game that generates what it – you know, what it's supposed to. It, it just – there's so much pressure put on Kirk to – to go through this on his own, really, and, and learn through it, and I think that John D. Filippo did what he could. Um, I'm not even talking play calling; I'm talking protections. You know, max protecting and you know using tight ends in different ways. It it wasn't easy. It was not an easy feat, and I just think that at this point, it felt like a probably it felt like a lost cause from my Zimmer.
3: So can Kevin Stefanski right this ship? Can he get something? out of this get something more out of this offense in these last three games I mean obviously they really like him because they blocked him from following Pat Shermer to the Giants so obviously they're very high on him so can he is there a way where he can get this offense back on track without I mean you're not going to bench you're not going to bench the quarterback you're not going to you know you can't find another offensive lineman off the street I mean what what can he do here
7: a good point because it's like, hey, you've got three games left and it's like, all right, why didn't you, you know, DiFilippo didn't go into that meeting saying, I, you know, yeah, I'm ready to go. Like, you know, to me, that whole situation is, it's going to be tricky because we're really going to see how Zimmer reacts if it is more than just play calling. If it is the personnel that you have at your disposal, um, because if if there's no real change in in the results, then why did you fire your offensive coordinator other than just the fact that you don't see eye-to-eye from a fo- football philosophy standpoint. I do think that they can beat Miami. Their defense is lights out at home, and, and that's what's going to carry them in that game. I do think that they can beat the Lions. the Lions are a freaking disaster. Yep. But that's, it's not going to be a true gauge of, oh, offense is sick. check the box, Kevin Stefanski, offensive coordinator for the near future. He very well may be that. His contract is expiring this year because he did not sign – um, the the rollover, the extension type thing. That was, uh, you know, sources told me that that was something last year, why he wanted to be able to go out and interview for those jobs, why he didn't sign that. Because that's really uh, John Gannon, the assistant defensive back coach who was here last year is now with the Colts. That's really the only way Rick Spielman has historically let guys out of their contract. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's the only reason that he was a, one the only one on staff last year who was able to do that. So that being said, I think Stefanski has a golden opportunity here to, Audition uh, with, you know, kind of what do you have to lose circumstances. And I don't know how much different it will be. I mean, he's, you know, quarterbacks, coaches, and the quarterbacks are very close. John DiFilippo will be the first person to tell you that, considering he ran that room uh, and led them to a Super Bowl in Philadelphia last year. But I just don't know if the result's going to be that much different because you still are dealing with the same type of personnel that you put out there on the field. And I mean, really, like Kyle Rudolph said on a radio interview earlier this afternoon, you know, it's it's us going out there, us as players going out there. We didn't execute good enough for him to keep his job.
0: I love that one. Players blame themselves constantly when it's too late. <laughs> I mean He's right, but it's still funny. Thanks, Courtney.
7: Yeah, no problem. Thanks,
0: Appreciate guys. it. Take care. Courtney Cronin, ESPN.com. You can catch your work uh, throughout the day on SportsCenter as well. Uh, she should be in probably in studio around 6 o'clock um, for Purple Live with Matthew Collar. They will uh, be on from 6 to 7, talking about uh, the coaching changes today. John Filippo fired as the Vikings offensive coordinator. And plenty more to come on our show as well. Mackie joins the show at uh, 4 o'clock. Sage Rosenfels, who ordinarily joins us on Fridays, is going to make a special appearance at 5 o'clock today. And he's got a lot of thoughts on what's gone wrong with the uh, Vikings offense. We also, between now and four, can mix in some phone calls. 651-646-8255. 651-646-8255. If you have any thoughts, if this uh, coordinator change is actually going to help the Vikings, we're in the TCL Broadcast Studios.
1: Mackie and Judd resume things following these messages. That's just about the most fantastic scheme I've heard to date. On 1500 ESPN. The. Are you ready? Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios. We are ready. Now back to Mackie and Judd. Ready! On 1500 ESPN. Uh,
0: All right, Mackie and Judd, Phil's going to join the show at 4 o'clock. Sage Rosenfels at 5 o'clock. Don't forget, also at 6 o'clock, Purple Live, plenty more talk. Mike Golick Jr. makes his uh, weekly appearance at 4.30. The 1500 ESPN Twitter poll we got going right now is very simple. When did Zim know he was going to fire Filippo? Was it the backwards pass to Latavius Murray last night? 25% of you say yes. Was it on the tarmac after the game? 22% of you, 312 votes in so far, say Yes. Failed fourth and goal. 53 of you say that's when Zim decided that it was time for Flip to go. Uh, Plenty of time left to vote. Just go to Twitter, 1500ESPN, and uh, put your vote in on that. Ventline went an hour and a half last night. I think we logged something like 25, 26 calls. This was Dylan in Portland last night. And let's just say that this showed exactly how uh, passionate and disappointed Dylan was after last night's loss.
2: All right, guys, I'm not going to curse, but I need it, okay? Don't curse. I gave them the benefit of the doubt. All right, guys, I'm not going to curse, but I need it, okay? Don't curse. I gave them the benefit of the doubt all the way up to this part of the season. And if history repeats itself like it usually does, I'm in analytics, and the numbers are usually correct through a, a certain amount of time. Mike Zimmer has a good season. An okay slash losing season, a good season, and an okay season. Okay, this is on the downfall of our season. This is getting crazy right now. Mike Filippo is probably one of the worst play callers in the history of the NFL. This is crazy. Kirk Cousins is missing wide open little slants. I can get us the first downs for whatever reason. I've never been this heated in my life, and I love the Vikings, but I need to vent right now. This is getting crazy because we need to make a push. And if it wasn't for the Panthers losing, the Redskins and the Packers losing, we wouldn't even be in this thing. But this doesn't even matter because everyone's losing. This is is one of the worst seasons of the Vikings history. We give somebody $84 million of guaranteed money, and we're thinking this guy's going to come in and win us a Super Bowl or give us that push. I will take Kate Keenum. Right now, I will give a first round draft pick to get Case Keenan back on our team because he doesn't miss the little dink and dunk passes. Kirk Cousins is missing those and he's taking the sacks and throwing the ball long. And we are not together right now. I'm so sorry, guys, but this is not the Vikings team that I wanted to watch before the streams.
0: Love the passion. Dylan in Portland.
3: Love the passion. Made.
0: 651-646-8255 We can certainly do some Vikings vent line right now John Filippo out uh, this morning As offensive coordinator Kevin Stefanski Quarterbacks coach to interim OC Let's start off with our buddy Bob in Pennsylvania Hello Bob
6: By the way, that's a crazy fan Who I love That is what we need We need more passion out of our fans I, like I have three names After this debacle last night okay. DiFilippo, Filippo, Mike Zimmer and Captain Crunch, Kirk Cousins. DiFilippo should be fired when he can't even figure out how to run he a was quarterback fired. sneak.
3: Bob, he's gone. He, he's, he's long gone now, Bob.
0: No, I know. Yeah, so he's gone, so but he got fired.
6: I'm saying he should be fired. Okay,
0: all right. Because
6: he, when you can't figure out how to run a quarterback sneak against the Bears, against the Pats, and last night. He was 2-4 two, two last night, and he still couldn't figure it out. Mike Zimmer. I'm sick and tired of Mike Zimmer telegraphing the game plan to the entire world. We need to run the ball more. You know what the head coach for the Bears does against the Rams when the game's on the line? He puts a jumbo package in with Aaron Hicks in the backfield. Play action to Hicks. Easy touchdown pass to offensive tackle. Bradley Sowell to win the game and close that game out. You know, last night with Zimmer, On two questionable calls, we interference with roads, and then you know the Wagner jumping over the, using leverage, and he blocked the field goal, which by the way was initially called a penalty, and then they, they uh, picked it up. They canceled the penalty. They picked up the flag. Yeah, they picked it up. Now, if Mike Zimmer had any balls, he would argue that, and you know he probably might have won that argument if he would have really argued. The roads call like Nagy does, and back going back to the uh, the Bears game, there was a play on fourth and one when the Bears were going to go for it, like right before half or in the third quarter. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. The ref fell down, and the, the sideline ref fell down, and they actually they stopped the play and they they kind of like had a timeout. On the field, the Rams went right or the uh, Bears went right up to the uh, line and, and they were going to run it and they were going to probably going to get it. They called the timeout and then the Bears end up punting. Nagy went ballistic on the refs. Yeah. And that's
0: the difference between him and Zimmer. I think Zim goes Zimmer. ballistic. Bob, I think Zim I, I saw Zim drop some definite F-bombs during the course of l- last night's game. I think he goes ballistic. I think what he needs to do is get people to calm down. All right, how about up with Cousins? Can I finish with Cousins? Finish with Cousins. We got full phone line. So, yep, All right, finish real up with quick, Cousins. With yeah. Cousins late in
6: the game, you know, he couldn't even hit Dix on a rollout. He was wide open. He had 20 yards open down the field. You know, it's, it's only 6 nothing in the other play, and it's 6 nothing on the goal line. He couldn't, de- he couldn't even deliver a clean handoff to Dalvin Cook. Yep. And then he follows up on fourth and one. He's got Thielen open. When the safety fell down, he throws in the double coverage to his tight end, and it's an incomplete, and that's the game. I mean, it's just, it was just a complete and utter disaster.
0: All right, Bob. Thank you. Yep. Talk to you later. Let's keep the phone lines going. 651-646-8255, day after Vent line. Hi, Kristen.
7: Hey there. Um. Okay. I am so grateful, Filippo got canned. But I go back to the thing that Cousins is who he always has been. When you look at his record against winning teams, he's four and twenty-four. Yeah. So he needs to be protected. But, you know, main thing we need to do: O line, draft, whatever. Get an O line in there, and he needs to get rid of the ball faster. Yeah. I don't need a quarterback that's going to throw sixty-yard bombs. I need a guy that's going to move the chains. Yeah. I don't care if he's throwing five, six-yard passes. If we're moving the chains and we're winning and using our run game. I'm all for it, you know? So I'm very grateful that we got rid of him and get Stefanski in there and give him a couple games, see what he's got. And, uh, you know, I'm just looking for next year. I don't think this year is going to end good, but, um, <laughs> you know, already we've made some positive steps. So like I said, I try to be positive. So great. show, guys,
0: all right, take care. Yeah, she's exactly right. Mm-hmm. She's exactly right. You have to address. There is no choice now, but to address the line and there is no choice because cousins has two years left on a fully guaranteed contract. But to set him up in as much of a position, and this is not saying he's going to be great, but to set him up in as much of a position as possible to succeed, you've got to do it. You didn't do it. You've got to do it. It's that simple. Mark and Hopkins.
4: Hey guys, uh, I, I don't. I, I think I'm going to be like the complete opposite end of the spectrum from uh, Dylan's call last night. I. I've just been uh, since the Bears lost, coming off the bye week. I think that kind of put the nail in the coffin in terms of contending for a Super Bowl. I there's no there's no push that this team can make, and even if they do, like I'm I'm not looking at the Cowboys, the Bears, whoever they play first, and then even the Rams or the Saints, they can't go into any of those places and win. I mean, I know it sounds very just apathetic, but. I don't know. People reacting as if this is going to change the season right now with uh, the change to Stefanski. You got it all wrong. Like even if they do make the playoffs, which teams are stumbling over themselves to just gift it to the Vikings right now and get that last playoff spot? I, it's it's just not going to happen. And heck, I wouldn't be surprised if they lost to the Dolphins on Sunday. Ryan Tannehill. Say what you want about him. Fourteen and five in his last nineteen starts. So. Wouldn't be surprised if that happened either, but I don't know. It's just been more apathy for me.
0: Thanks, Mark. I think this change is going to help short-term. I think it's going to help short-term, and I think that there's a very good chance now that they win on Sunday. I agree with the playoff problem because you're going to have to go. You're going to be a sixth seed. You're going on the road. That's an incredibly tough game. I don't think that you win that first playoff game. But I also think that there's a certain – a uh, faction of the fan base and and I think this is very true at the uh, Vikings facility that simply at this point says we have to make the playoffs. It's not an it's not an option to do what they did and then say, "Oh, we missed the playoffs, that's too bad." And and that's why I agree that this change is the right change because you had to make some change. Yeah. And what else are you going to do? You can't you're not going to bench Kirk Cousins.
3: Well, and I think the other thing to look for, I mean forget about Go on and run the Super Bowl. I'm not even thinking about that right now. For me, these last three weeks, I just want to see if Kevin Stefanski can do anything with this offense to get it back to get it back into gear. I just want to watch these next three games and see, is this guy, can this guy yeah. be the offensive coordinator long term?
0: And what do you do? You go back to what Shermer did well
3: and try and copy it, right? Yeah. I mean, that's not that hard. Stefanski's been with the organization for a while. He's seen a lot of different offenses and quarterbacks and receivers and coaches and all of that. I think he got
0: there. I think he was there in Brad's first year as as an assistant, assistant, assistant type of guy. But yeah, he's been there. He's seen uh, quite a bit. And I am curious to see what he can do. I am also very curious to see if Zimmer can find another OC with whom he can work with. 651-646-8255. Sam and Brian, hang on. Your phone calls are up next. Mackie and Judd is the show. 1500 ESPN.
1: Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Oh, that's just what they'll be expecting us to. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. Start churning butter and put on your church shoes, little sister, because we're about to blast off. On
3: 1500 ESPN. All right, let's check traffic here. 94 eastbound. We've got a crash in Minneapolis. Typical area right there near the Lowry Tunnel. People just not uh, not being careful enough in that area. People, you got to drive carefully during the Lowry Tunnel. It's a sharp turn. It's a sharp curve. you got to slow it down and uh, be a little smarter on the road. Be careful out there, folks, especially this time of the year.
0: Yes, exactly right. TCL Broadcast Studios. uh, Mackie and Judd. Phil joins the show next segment. Right now it is Judd. It is Manny Hill. It is uh, Jonathan. And 651-646-8255 as we do a uh, day after Vikings Vent Line. Of course, John Filippo fired this morning as offensive coordinator. Let's go to Sam and St. Paul. Sam, thanks for holding. You're on.
4: Hey, guys. Um... Man, I'm just so disappointed in the Vikings this season. I like, I didn't expect us to win last night, but I thought it would be something like 28-21. The offense just looked completely bad. Um and you alluded to it before the break, Judd. Uh what happens, you know, when Zimmer has problems with the next associate? Yep. You know, we're just going to fire
0: him? I know. That's yeah. my question. Can can he play nice? I mean, he played nice with Shermer, but Shermer was really good. Let's say yep. this kid struggles some. Once again, he's new to this job, so let's say he goes through some struggles. Do we help him out and try and and make him more effective at his job, or do we, you know, go into press conferences and say sideways things about him? And because I really think by last night, everybody on the offensive side of the ball was was uptight. They just looked uptight. Cousins couldn't make a play, and Flip's play calling was terrible, and I don't think that anything that Mike has done publicly helped anybody. So, yeah. Yep. All right, Sam, All right. thanks. Appreciate you holding. Uh, 651- 646-8255 if you're outside the Metro. 877-615- 1500. Brian in North Carolina, thank you for holding.
6: Hey,
4: Judd, you old sage. You've been in some locker rooms from time to time. Do you if you're able to get the players to open a vein, do you suspect to a man they all know exactly what is wrong, or do you think their opinion varies as much as fans do?
0: I think their opinion varies, and I also think here's the other thing. I think if you gave them truth serum, a lot of them would tell you right now that they are wondering why the Vikings paid a quarterback three years, $84 million for the production that they are getting when the game is important. Because I do, I think this quarterback is has some really nice statistics, and I think um, some of those stats have come when the uh, when the game is basically done. So, I I think that there's probably some players right now wondering about the Kirk Cousins investment.
3: I think the other thing too on on the front of you know the the offensive coordinator and what happens if you know this doesn't work out with the fans. Can I mean I mean listen, you go into next year, and if you're having disagreements with your offensive coordinator, whether that's whether they continue on with Stefanski or they bring another guy in Mm -hmm. chances are your team's not playing that well again. Chances are we have a similar situation to what we have now. Mm -hmm. And if, I mean, we've talked about it. We have a similar situation next year that we have this year where the team is, hanging around 500 and Holden. scratching and clawing for a playoff spot, then Zimmer's probably done anyway.
0: I was going to say, if that if that happens, the uh, the discussion will not revolve around changing coordinators. That will revolve around changing the head coach and possibly the GM. Joe in Pine City, you get the last word. What's up? I just wondering,
4: uh, during the game last night, you know, it's uh, the fourth and one, they get stuffed down in the end zone. You just don't see the passion, I don't think, from the players that uh, the caller before was mentioned in the Bears game. I mean, the Bears make a tackle. You got Trevathan over there doing cartwheels down the field, and it's just uh, like they're happy to be playing. I just don't uh, feel like even the players are passionate about, um, you know, going up and down the field. And then when you see Filippo with what's going on with him, I mean, honestly, I don't think his play calling is the best, but when it goes back to the O-line, I guess what can you really expect? And when you get to Cousins, um, I just like to say take away the money part. Yep, And he's just uh, – a little above-average quarterback that somebody's going to pay him anyway, and with the market the way it is, uh, how much should Bradford get in uh, Arizona? Yep,
0: thanks, Joe. You're right. You're right. And I think there are going to be players more and more, at least privately, saying, was this guy worth the type of investment to eat up as much salary cap space as he's going to. We'll take a break. TCL Broadcast Studios. Mackie joins the show next. Don't forget, Sage Rosenfels, former Viking quarterback and uh, 1500 ESPN and NFL analyst at 5 o'clock.
1: Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Oakley Dokley on 1500 ESPN.